last time on Leighton Legends. Mordecai is just going to yell Joel really loud. Joel! Joel! Joel, it's a code brown! What do you want? Oh my god, Joel, put your pants on. You're coming with us. There's an emergency downtown. Uh, someone's been kidnapped. Yeah. I'm stress eating. That's how you know this is serious. There's no Our- time to waste. We'll talk and walk. The scene fades out and then fades back in, and you're in front of the Temple of the Things Barracks. Giovanni, what are you doing here? Good evening, sister. Remember that thing I told you about that I needed your assistance with? I believe it is time. Suit up. Let's go. Okay, let's do this. Aside, should we hook Joel up with uh, snow? I like this. I think we should let that happen organically. You see before you the looming structure of Cinema Silhouette. It's kind of weird, actually, that we're here, because how did the kidnappers get inside if it's locked on the outside? So with the butt of her sword, she smashes into the chain that's holding the doors held together, and the chain just cracks and falls loose from the handles that are holding the door together. First, Mame steps into the dark, and she vanishes. Then Giovanni, and followed briefly by Val, and then Joel. All right, guys, I got this, I got this, okay? I crack my ethereal knuckles, and I go, uh... See you on the other side. And I, like, back float. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm going to try and teleport over. Okay. Uh, roll a d20. Three. Okay. Roll a d100. A 98. Holy f- You cast Finger of Death on yourself? Oh, no. Oh, no. No. It sounds like you're getting pretty close. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to edit this a bit because this is a seventh level necromancy spell. This is just what the wild magic surge did for you. I'm going to edit this a little bit. So I'm going to make it 1d8 plus five damage on yourself. Oh, okay. You can make it a little bit harder than that. Because like, would I be able to instinctively make it a careful spell Um, so that I automatically succeed mm. on the saving throw? Like, I'm fighting with my own hand. Like, come on. I'm going to say no, only because this is an effect of being a wild magic user. So there are things that are outside of your control. And so it gotcha. it doesn't make sense for you to try and impose okay. control on those things. But you do have to make a constitution saving throw. Okay. I got a seven. Oh, God. All right. So you failed. You take 12 points of necrotic damage. <coughs> Mordecai throws Oh, up. yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's a rough day for Mordecai's stomach. <laughs> I'm down to eight hit points. Oh, what the hell happened? Hey, p- hey, pal, let me uh, let me lay my hands upon it to you. <laughs> okay, so in a similar situation to when Mames healed Mordecai, Mordecai seems like he's having a bad night, but Giovanni lays his hand on Mordecai, his hand's kind of glowing, and you give him how many points of hit points back? How much do you lose there? Twelve. I'll give him the twelve back, and then I'll only have three left to use, because it's five per level of Paladin. So I'll give him 12. Oh. All right, Mordecai, you feel a whole lot better now, although you feel maybe uh, you're having some emotional problems right now. <laughs> so I'm not a zombie. Okay. You're not a zombie. Not today. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> One of these days, when Geo did his layeth upon hands, he kind of like put them in where my spine was, so that didn't feel so hot. But the second that healing kicked in, it was just like, oh, oh, that's, that's the spot. <gasps> Okay, don't mess with the door. The door is bad. The door is bad. Mm. Well, we must pass through it somehow. I'm going to uh, just sit back for a little bit, catch my breath. <laughs> yeah. We have strong evidence that leads us to believe that the people who have gone missing are beyond this door. Joel, my sister, do you have any ideas how to open this problematic door? Well, I mean, 
It's a door. It has a keyhole. Maybe there's a key somewhere? Ah, uh, but I already looked around this room really quickly and not very thoroughly. Well, that's that settles it. I guess there's no way through. <laughs> Perhaps if we searched, if we all take a better look at that office-style room we were in before mm. with this bad sewer thing in the, the bedchamber. All right, sounds like a plan. Yeah, let's find out, guys. Sorry, Josh, would I be able to drop equipment out of my cloak? Like, say, if I floated up and just haphazardly dropped my crowbar. <laughs> I'll allow it. Okay. And now I'm going to uh, post-hoc fix this so that when you vomited earlier after putting your head in the sewer grate, that was real vomit that fell in front of Giovanni. Okay, cool. So I'm going to look over at Joel and go, hey, uh, this might help. And I'll float up and I'll drop my crowbar out of the bottom of my cloak so it clangs on the floor. Cool. You want you want me to try and open this steel door with this crowbar? Yeah, pry the lock open or something. Um, Mames, you could probably help him. You look stronger. We've already tried to bash it twice. Uh, there's like, is there anywhere we could see a crowbar fitting into a hinge or something? It's pretty flush with the wall. You feel like maybe if you bashed in a corner of it, you might be able to make a lip for the crowbar to get in. Uh, can I investigate this desk? Um, this desk that's in the office where the cells are. Sure. Uh, just roll an investigation check. Sure. Uh, I'm just I'm trying to find a key maybe or, or something kind of code something to the door. So I rolled a 21. So you and Giovanni make your way back to the room that had the cells. You are looking around the desk and you find that there are two drawers on the right-hand side of where the chair fits in. And you open both of them. In the top drawer is a set of three keys and you grab them. Two of them are steel and one of them is kind of like a bronze. You open the bottom drawer and inside of the bottom drawer is a lockbox. No way. Uh, I want to use the keys on, on it, obviously. I'm like, Gio, look what I look what I look what I found. Oh, what do we have here? It's a lockbox. I already I already described that. Okay, I'm trying to provide game audio dialogue. Yeah, I just here, want you to know it's a it's a it's a lockbox. Trying to establish some character development here is all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are holding a lockbox. I I would like to roll a strength uh strength to try to take it from Val. Oh lord! <laughs> and smash it open on the floor. <laughs> Okay, all right. You roll a strength check. You're going to contest that Val with a dexterity check to see if you can pull it out of his reach before he grabs it. Yeah, 100%. Ooh, 14. <laughs> Close. I rolled an 18. Okay, so Giovanni pulls the lockbox from your very hands. Character development. Jesus Christ. All right, and you smash it on the ground, Giovanni? Yeah, kind of smash it open. We don't have time for locks anymore. <laughs> okay, Giovanni, <laughs> you smash the lockbox on the ground. And it just explodes open. And there are, like, gold coins that are falling everywhere. I want to dive like a child. Like, just, like, just sprawl out and just roll. I will do nothing. Val can collect all the gold coins he needs. Is there anything else of use, or is it just gold? It's just gold. Val has keys in his hand. Gold! Gold! Sweet gold! Val, perhaps we can use this gold to compensate our allies for helping us this evening. No. <laughs> 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 Was that just a solid? Was that a solid no? No, that's a hard no, man. <laughs> All right, well at least give me my share. I'm the one who opened the lockbox. <laughs> I found the lockbox. I we found the lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fifty fifty, brother. How much was in it? There were fifty eight gold pieces in it. Nice. So break down the. It's twenty. Uh, twenty. <laughs> twenty eight. Twenty eight a piece. Nope. <laughs> That's not, what? 29. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Sick. All right, you guys got some gold. Right on. Yo, let's uh, let's try these keys on that door. Let's, let's regroup with the others and uh, and try these keys out, dude. Yeah. So we'll double back. Val, so Giovanni has gone ahead of you now. Okay. You're passing by the cell that is closest to the door entering this room, and you notice that the door has a lock on it. Oh, the second cell door. Yeah, it's the one that's closest to the entrance to this office. Uh, I would like to try it, just with the three keys that I found. Okay, all right. So you go through the three keys. The bronze one does not work on it. Uh, one of the iron ones does not work on it. But the last one does open the gate entering into the cell. Can I have you roll a perception check? Happily. Uh, and I roll a 10. Okay. You're kind of looking around the cell here. You see that there's a bed frame that actually looks a lot newer than the rest of this room. The mattress that's on it is slightly ajar and stained. And you're kind of looking around the room a bit. And it's not easy to see. But in one of the corners of this cell, you notice a human eye. Ah! Like a, like a disembodied eye? Yep. An eye that looks like it has been plucked out of something. Someone, rather. I, I want to like, scream. Ah! Did, uh, did anyone else hear this yell? Do I have to roll a perception to hear that? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I rolled a three, so I guess I'm completely oblivious, living in my own little... <laughs> yeah, you do not hear that. That's a 16. All right, Mordecai certainly did hear a yelp coming from the office where Val is right now. Oh my God, there's a woman in danger over there. I'll, I'll, I gotta go. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna f- float that way. Maybe Joel thinks it's one of the kidnappers. What are the NPCs doing right now, Josh? Are they gonna roll perceptions as well, or are y'all just following Mordecai? Uh, you're all just following Mordecai. I'm the ghost with the most. You notice as you look back at Joel and Mames, they're not holding hands anymore. But Joel's face is like a little, uh, is a little red. And he looks like he's blushing. Aw. That boy needs a strong woman in his life. Isn't he like 14 years older than all of us? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I just always assumed he was older. No, Joel, I would say is, well, I mean, Mordecai's the oldest one here. Val, uh, no, I take that back. Val's the oldest one here. <laughs> Mordecai's the oldest looking here. <laughs> Giovanni, you're like 28, right? So you'd say that maybe Joel is like uh, maybe a year or two older than you. It's like the same age as Mames. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to go, oh, Val, uh, we heard a woman screaming in here. What's up? That woman was me. Uh, <laughs> I, found, I found this disappointed eyeball in this jail cell. That uh, anything anything else? This is awful, but uh, any, did you search the cell yet? No, I didn't know if it was possessed by dark magic or something. So. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and try to search this, the cell, but my investigation rolls have <laughs> been really bad, so I rolled a six. Yeah, you can't find anything else in this cell. Just pick up the eyeball. No, don't touch the eyeball. I will pay you three gold to pick that eyeball up. You're sick, sir. I searched this room pretty thoroughly. Uh, I don't <laughs> think there's anything to see here. Let's, okay. let's go. Let's try the bronze key in the far door. No, 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 no. I'll, be, I'll give you five gold to pick up that eyeball no, and carry it with you. No, you're sick, Mordecai. Ten gold. <laughs> Ten gold? Yep. Mames walks over and picks up the eyeball. She takes the eyeball and she kind of unceremoniously just puts it in her pocket. She turns back to you, Mordecai. Ten gold, please. I'll drop it out of the bottom of the cloak. All right, here you go. What sort of uh, rituals is the Church of the Thing up to these days? Yeah. Severed eyeballs are acquired ingredient. Uh, it's more like I would like ten gold. <laughs> Fair enough. And she, she picks up the gold pieces off the ground. She doesn't seem happy about it. 
I think she would have preferred them in her hand, but she does it anyways. Well, I can't. I'm ethereal. Once a merchant's daughter, always a merchant's daughter. Val gains a, a small amount of respect for the Order of the Sacred Object. <laughs> uh, the Order of the Sacred Thing, right? No, the Sacred Object. He sees that the Order of the Sacred Thing is just a little backwards. <laughs> okay. Very driven by greed, evidently. Yeah, clearly. And, and just sick. <laughs> All right. So the five of you now make your way back over to that steel door for the third time. You're standing in front of it. What do you do? Try the bronze key. I suggest we cram all three keys into the <laughs> no, hole at Jim. the same time. We'll get to that. We'll try them all first, and then if that doesn't work, then we'll jam them all in. Okay. All right. Bronze key. Here it goes. Bam. Val, you put the bronze key into the door, and you turn it. There's a clicking noise, and then the door starts to glow. It's a bright, arcane blue. And then runes, as best as you can tell, begin to appear on the door itself, and it forms lines. Does anybody here know Infernal? No, just Celestial. Uh, no, no, I don't. Let me just check. I wouldn't know how to speak it, but could I recognize it as Infernal? No. Oh, I, d I actually do speak Infernal. <laughs> God. Giovanni, the script in front of you appears, and you can read it. And you know Infernal to be a very dark and a very evil script. I'm not quite sure what the circumstances were that helped you learn Infernal, but you could recognize it. It was an elective. It was an elective? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was either that or Elvish. They were the only ones that fit into my schedule. No offense, Val. <laughs> you can pick up chicks with Elvish, though. Totally. Yeah, Elvish chicks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shall I read it aloud in Infernal? <laughs> <laughs> like, no one will understand it. I just want to read it out loud. Yes, please. Please read that aloud in Infernal. I believe this is Infernal. Oh, God. Giovanni, I didn't know you spoke Infernal. Yes, it was offered as an elective at the uh, Church of the Sacred Objects uh, College that I attended for a brief period of time in my life. I find that very unsettling. To defeat evil, you must understand it. I... Also, you just put an eyeball in your pocket. I don't think you get the, 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 the high ground to call things unsettling. By the object. Fair enough. <laughs> John, that, John, I just won't piss myself, man. Oh. <laughs> oh man <laughs> so john relays this audacious infernal speech to you guys and then afterwards he translates it and he says there is something that i seek while it is bound it chooses kings and peasants when it is freed it foretells war or woe while it is bound it propels men's lusts and furies when it is freed, it tumbles, falls, and fades. While it is bound, life will often thrive. When it is freed, death will often follow. What do I seek? A riddle. A riddle most foul. He seeks order, surely. How many chances do we get at this? That's the question. Is this like a sphinx and we screw up, it kills us? Ask us your questions three. Let's throw money at the door. Can I try just holding a piece of gold up to the door? Sure, you kind of stand there awkwardly holding a single gold piece in your forward hand, like palm outwards towards the door. The door is not sentient, but if you were to wager a guess, it is not amused. 
and it does not respond at all. The door is just a steel door. It's still standing there. It's not doing anything. It's a goddamn door. Oh, man, I don't know how magic works. Give me a break, man. We live in Renlin. You know what the... <laughs> it has a prominent university of magic. Yes. All right. Everyone else is so smart. What about that? Would it be that eyeball that we found? Don't jam the eyeball in the door. God damn. No, 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 no. It, jamming it in there isn't really doing much, but like... Do you it... want me to jam the eyeball in there? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, do it and say sight or something. What is... What is sight i don't know with haste <laughs> all right i'll take riddles for three thousand door mames pulls the eyeball out of her pocket and it's really gross and she holds it in her hand and she pushes it out towards the door and just pushes it directly into the door oh. just kind of squishing it more and more and the door starts to glow an arcane blue and then fades and nothing happens and mames takes one point of damage <laughs> jesus what was that Oh, that didn't work. Well, it was doing something. Um, can I lay hands upon Mames to give her a help back? Yeah. Here you are, sister. Oh. Thank you, Giovanni. I feel one hit point better now. Oh, I think it's blood. Well, uh, why don't you cut open your finger and uh, touch the door? Mm, why don't you cut open your finger? Oh, you're an ethereal form. That's right. I'm a ghost. I'll, I'll, I'll slice my... F oh, wait. The, would, would it be fair to say that the eyeball might have had blood on it? The door did not open. And as best you can tell, the eyeball did not have blood on it. It is kind of... It's, it's really kind of grossly pressed into like a semi-flat eyeball now. Okay, I want to cut a little thing on my finger. It's a little prick. I don't want to be losing hit points here. It's not the idea. We're doing problem solving. <laughs> Just checking his blood sugar. I think I can figure out how to cut my finger open without uh, wounding myself. So can I do that? And I just press my thumb to the door. Okay. So you make a little cut on your thumb, right? Yep. Okay. And then what do you do? Press it against the door. You walk forward and you put your thumb on the door right below the infernal script. The door begins to glow blue, and then the blue quickly turns to a very dark red haze. And as it does so, you feel a shock coming up through your thumb and into your body. And you take three points of necrotic damage. Three points? Three points of necrotic damage. Oh, God. And then suddenly, as you start to feel the ebb of life force kind of leave you, you hear a large clicking noise coming from the door. And then it opens in towards itself. Whoa, dude, good job on the riddle. Ah, I've solved the puzzle, but I'm feeling faint. Mames, could you uh, spot me a bit of that hand magic? Oh, you just need an orange slice. You're fine. That's want to be tip top for whatever is behind this door. I don't have any orange slices, but I do have this eyeball. Oh, eat the no, eyeball. The, no, the eyeball's mashed. The eyeball's done. Get rid of it. Ugh. I don't know. It's kind of grown on me. Uh, that's bacteria, sister. Um, can you <laughs> lay hands upon me or not? Or Nath? Yeah, sure. I can do that for you. And with that, Mames walks over to you, Giovanni, and she heals you for three points of damage. Yes! Okay. Shall we proceed through the mysterious bloodthirsty door? Yeah, let's go. All right, so you enter into the next room. It's a smallish room, and you can see that there is a lot of clutter all over the place. There seems to be a desk on the left-hand side of the room as you enter into it, and stacks of paperwork and books and whatnot that are just kind of all over the place. But what really catches your attention as you walk into the room is a large staircase that goes down. I think that's the way to go. Should we investigate this room before we proceed? Let's, please. Just in case we miss something again. <laughs> 
Yeah, like keys. Well, you guys take a look and I'll forge forwards. Yes, that's, that sounds like a plan. Josh, just table talk. So that, that eyeball was just for flavor. Like, it really served no purpose. It was just, just a little bit of flavor. <laughs> I mean, you didn't eat it, so. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Giovanni, uh, you did an investigation check on the room? Yeah, I did. I rolled a six. So you enter the room and you see that there is a large staircase and also some clutter in this room. Uh, I also investigated, but I got a natural one. So, yeah. You enter a room. That's about it. (laughs) There's a room. You're in it. (laughs) All right. Shall we proceed down the stairs? Mordecai, I need you to roll a will save. Oh, no. Josh, you keep saying will. What do you mean? Wisdom? Yes, you need to roll a wisdom saving throw. Okay, I get so confused. But you also have to want to save yourself. Yeah, I got a, I got a 10. You are pushing against what feels like an ocean of energy around yourself as you enter this room, and your cloak is blown off of you. Oh, crap. <gasps> oh, no. And it falls on the ground. All right, well, I drop the one foot down to the ground that I was floating above, and I'm now in a physical form. Can I go back to pick my cloak up and put it back in my pocket? Sure. Make a strength check. All right. That's a three. Oh. You are unable to pick up your cloak. It is like it is nailed to the floor. What? Uh. <laughs> Sounds like someone doesn't want to DM the mechanics of this invisibility cloak anymore. I spent 160 gold on this thing and it's stuck to the floor. <laughs> I'm just going to keep trying, but I'm not going anywhere until I get the cloak back. <laughs> All right, roll another strength check. All right. I mean, I can't use it for the rest of the day, even if I get it back. So that's a seven. You are still unable to move your cloak. It's like it's made of something heavier than lead. Should we all proceed down the stairs or like, no. is he just stuck because he's a... Uh... A ghost. He's not. No, he's I'm not he, a ghost she's anymore. The cloak's off of me. And it's like it's like I don't know. Like is Mordecai like experiencing any sensation he can relate to us? Like is he being sucked downward or like is he not able to pick his cloak up because he's just blowing crap or is there something like sucking it to the stairs? As best you can tell, Mordecai, it is like the cloak has become incredibly, incredibly heavy. Mm. You can kind of move it around when you go to pick it up, but there's something that is pushing down on it okay like it is under the force of a thousand times gravity maybe something about the stairs then so i'm just i'm just trying to be wary does anybody else have magical items on them right now uh i mean my pauldrons of the cold shoulder are enchanted can, can i try to pick up the cloak yeah go for it i was gonna say try going down the stairs and see if shit gets blown off of you i rolled a 14 can i move this cloak or is it really heavy for me as well You can move the cloak, but it is also incredibly heavy for you. You're able to kind of pick it up maybe a couple inches off the ground before it falls back down with a thud. Perhaps we should just move on and maybe vanquishing the foe will make the magical barrier weighing this cloak down go away. Uh, This thing better be here when I get back. That was my entire paycheck. If I can't lift it, I don't know if anyone here would be strong enough to... You know what? Before we go down, let's do it together, and I'm going to give Giovanni the help action so he can roll at advantage. All right. Uh, If I hurt my back doing this, I swear to God. Lift with your legs. Uh, A 14 and a 20. Awesome. So you got advantage, so that's a 20. Um, So you're able to pick up this cloak. What do you do with it? Uh, What do you you want me to do with this? It's very heavy. (laughs) 
Just secure it for now, maybe. Is it still heavy? Yep. Okay. Yeah, like, am I, am I like, sweating right now? Maybe just, like, hide it in a corner or something? Why don't I hide it under the desk here for now? Perfect. And then I just got to make sure not to forget it. All right. Under the desk, by the stairs. Mental note. Does it make, like, a loud cathod noise as I place it down? Yes, it does. So you have solved the riddle of the cloak that is very heavy. <laughs> what now? Perhaps we shall move on. I guess we go down the stairs. All right, paladins up front. Yeah. Magic user in the middle. Hose in the back. Uh, uh yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so the five of you kind of line yourselves up and you start making your ways down the stairs. There is a door at the end of the staircase. Okay, I'll give you a hint. It is open. It is not locked. You could literally just open this door. You should probably bash that I'd door. I'd like to smash the door. Bash it down. I, 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 would, I would like to... I would like to bash this door wide open. Okay. I'd like to try to. Roll a strength check. I rolled a 14. The door does not explode, but it does swing open with the bash of your sword. Huzzah! Everyone is very impressed. Excellent. That's my day. That's my feat of strength. Thank you. <laughs> that Thank was you. your feat of strength. feat of strength would have been lifting up my cloak. No, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to ask if that was his feat of strength for the day. Yeah, now that I think about it, the lifting of the heaviest cloak ever. You got some bum rolls with Doris at AGO, and uh, I think that really sealed the deal. The, the absolute feat of strength with the cloak, and then just to you know smash that unlocked door at the bottom was the real mwah, icing on the cake. Giovanni's back, baby. Let's break some <laughs> Yeah. Reloaded. So the five of you step through? Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. The five of you step through the door, and as you each do, you enter a blackness. You can't make out where you are. You don't even know if you're in a room. But you step forward, and you're in this this complete, utter lack of sensation. And you take another step forward, and as you do, you enter another room. Oh. Our quest carries on. And as best you can tell, the, the world is gray and blue around you it is like you're in this weird kind of surreal environment that is almost identical to the entrance of the cinema silhouette that you just walked through but everything is blue and gray and hazy and moving from side to side uh-oh not unlike the effect at the university no guys this this kind of looks like what everything looked like when i was wearing my cloak mm. Mm. shall proceed with caution but nonetheless we shall proceed <laughs> Bold words. Okay. Just like with the entrance to the cinema silhouette, you're in a hallway, and at the end of that hallway, there are two doors. On the right-hand side, again, is what appears to be a collapsed doorway with rubble that is blocking the entrance, and on the left-hand side is a closed door. Should I just rename this podcast Doors the Podcast? <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot, 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 lot of doors in this dungeon. <laughs> Very classic dungeon crawl we're on Should right now. Should call it Break On Through to the Other Side. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of breaking through, can I just, like, uh, karate kick that door? Sure, make a strength check. Cool. Uh, and that's a 15. You kick the door open, and it flies open. Ha-cha! <laughs> and you enter into this blue, surreal version of the same first room that you entered when you came into Cinema Silhouette. As you step into the room, there are three zombies in there. <laughs> oh, yeah.
Hello everyone, sorry to interrupt the action, but I just have a few announcements to make. Again, thanks to everyone who's been listening to the last few podcast episodes. It's super exciting to see these episodes coming out and people listening to them and people seem to like them a lot. If you're interested in becoming a character in Layton Legends, please like and share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Late and Legends. Lowercase, all one word. Right now, I'm in the process of planning out season two of Layton Legends. That's right. There's another season coming, and this one's not even done, so I'll be needing more names for new characters. If you want to be in the podcast, be sure to like and share. I'm also going to be taking items for the Garrison Storehouse. I want to get a list of listener-generated items going that the guys can look through and buy. If you've got a good idea for a piece of armor, weapon, tool, or the like, send an email to lateandlegends at outlook.com with the item name, a description of it, and maybe some stats. Some of the more notable stuff was found on Feralborn Trading. They're a group of artists and writers who make equipment for Dungeons & Dragons. You can check them out on Instagram if you're interested in seeing more of their work. I'd also like to make a shout out to Ross and Troy over at Two Minute Tabletop. They're two creators that write and make maps and assets for starting your own little tabletop adventure. A while back, Brennan bought me access to their character creator and I just love the little icons. I think they're really cool. If you're interested in checking them out, you can go to twominutetabletop.com or check out their Patreon page. I highly recommend them. Additionally, I've set up a Patreon page for the podcast where listeners who are interested in donating to the podcast can throw in a few bucks. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Legends. There's no pressure to do so, but there are a few perks that you can get by donating besides just a general feeling of warmth and satisfaction knowing that you helped a bunch of poor podcast fantasy actors, writers, people. Yeah. There's no pressure to stick around if you don't want to, and you can cancel your patronage whenever you'd like. So that's it for announcements. Let's get back into the action. Everybody roll initiative. That's a 16. Ah, the kidnappers are upon us. Ah, the kidnappers. Joel starts to yell, Jesus, Jesus, I thought you believed in the sun god or whatever. I rolled a five. 19 for me. Oh, I'm excited to see what Mames rolls. Okay, so Mames rolled a 20 and Joel rolled a 3. So he did not do particularly well. He actually rolled a nat 1. Would you say it's because he's terrified? Yeah, you kind of get a brief look at Joel as you enter the room. And you see Joel's just kind of stunned there. He is like shaking. You can see a little wetness coming from his pants. He doesn't look good. And Mames just pushes Joel to the side and storms in. And she yells, for the thing! (laughs) And she runs at the closest zombie that's to you guys. And Mames pulls out her sword and slashes at her. Exactly what I was expecting and what I wanted. Mames misses though. She rolled an eight. (laughs) And so she's not able to hit the zombie in front of her. Uh, perhaps her enthusiasm is masking her inner fear. It's been a bad day for the for the sacred thing. They've, they've definitely lost a potential convert. <laughs> uh, Val, it's your turn. Val wants to just uh, try and trick out his new uh, ghost bow that he just picked up. So, man. Wow. Whoa. Fire. Yeah. Uh, I rolled a nat 20. So it hits for uh, two and three. 
So for five. Okay, well, I obviously want to hit everyone else, so I, I'm going to hit that zombie, this fellow, the one in the center. Okay, well, that's kind of disappointing damage, but that's not bad. It seems like you got like a one on the D8, but that's okay. Uh, you did five points of damage to that zombie. Slick. Yeah, so you, you hit it pretty good. Next up is Mordecai. Okay, following Val, I'm going to use a cantrip. I'm going to cast Firebolt at the same zombie that he just hit. Okay, awesome. Go ahead. That's uh, 11 to hit. Uh, the 11 does hit. What's your damage? Four damage, and then it says a flammable object hit by this spell ignites. Uh, a flammable object hit by this spell ignites if it isn't being worn or carried. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. Nice try there, Brandon. So he does not catch on fire, but he does take a bit of pain. I tried to do the same thing in my other campaign with my warlock. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't, didn't fly there either. Let, light him up. And then can I use my move action to get up on top of this desk? No, because that's going to require a skill check in order for you to climb that. All right, then I'm just going to get a little bit closer to it. Sure. So you take a half step closer to the desk. Next up is one of the zombie fellas. In fact, it's the one that you just hit, Mordecai. It rushes forward and it starts swamping Mames and it's going to swing at her. The zombie rolled a six. She has a 16 in, in AC, so it was not able to penetrate past her armor. Next up is Giovanni. All right, I'm going to form up beside my sister there and kind of make a, a little barrier. You take a step forward, Giovanni, and you and Mames are now kind of blocking the way for the zombies to get to the rest of the crew. Excellent. So I'll, I'll do that, and then I'll just go for a, uh, a classic one-handed longsword at the zombie that just attacked my sister. Okay. And let's see how we do. Ooh, a 22 for 7 damage. All right, so that definitely hits that zombie. And I, I forgot about this before, but I'm wearing the Pauldron of the Cold Shoulder, which I believe lets me do a bonus attack every time I hit something successfully. Yes, it does. Roll a strength check, and if you beat a 15, you can do that additional damage. Roll that, rolled a nat 20 on that strength check, so for one 1d6 plus 3 cold, and I programmed it here already, so... Ooh, that's nine plus seven plus nine cold damage. So Giovanni, you struck at the zombie that had just rushed towards you guys, and you hit it with a 22, dealing seven points of slashing damage. Then you shoved at it with your pauldrons, and they crackle with cold fire, and they shove into the zombie, and he takes an additional 18 points of damage and flies back. Damn. And he just crumples the ash. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, Gio. I thought my rousing speech would have inspired this kind of excellence in everybody. Okay, next up is the zombie that's in front of Mames. She's going to try clawing at Mames. She rolled a 21, which does hit Mames, and Mames takes six points of clawing damage. Oof. Okay, next up is Constable Joel. Joel's turn actually gets skipped because he rolled a natural one on his initiative. So he's still sitting there peeing his pants. Jeez. Next up is the last zombie in this room, and he takes a step forward, and he's going to try and scratch at you, Giovanni. Because he's so terrified about how pimp-tight my pauldrons are. I don't think he thinks much. He rolled a 16. Does not penetrate my 19 armor class. Okay, so nothing happens, and we're back at the top of the turn order. But before the next turn begins, the doors on the far side of the room open up, they kind of get blasted forward, and into its spot comes a zombie were-rat and another zombie. A were-rat, eh? This doesn't look good. Top of the order is Mames. 
Mains is going to take another swing at this lady, and she is now dropping her shield, and she is two-handing her sword. It's a loose maneuver. Mames rolls a 15, which does hit the zombie, and she does 13 points of slashing damage. Nice. What kind of sword does she have? That's a lot of damage. Sorry. It's a long sword. It's like a bastard sword, so it's a hand and a half sword. Okay, cool. Next up is Val. Uh, I want to move uh, just kind of right behind Mordecai here, and I want to cast uh, Moonbeam uh, right through to these guys. Uh, we'll watch right in front of them uh, and bar that door. So you're going to cast Moonbeam in the doorway that's kind of preventing them to enter. Yes, yep. All right, so a giant beam of crackling white moon energy comes down and pierces the doorway, blocking anything from getting into your room. The were-rat or the zombie were-rat that's standing in the doorway and the zombie that's there have to make constitution saving throws. And what did they have to beat, Val? Uh, which is a 13. So the zombie rolls a 15 and the zombie were-rat rolls a 22. So I think they take half damage. And what did you roll for damage on that moonbeam? Seven radiant. So they take seven points of radiant damage. Oh, are they susceptible to radiant damage then? Nice, yeah. I, was gonna say, I thought that would be half. I was that pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's almost like undead don't like radiant. Oh, man. Pretty slick. Woo! All right, next up is Mordecai. Mordecai, you have two zombies that are in front of Mames and Giovanni and two zombies that are currently engulfed in a moonbeam. What do you do? I'm going to use one of my sorcery points and I'm going to cast... Firebolt as a twinned spell at the two zombies that are remaining in the room. Okay. The one in front of Mames and then the one in front of Giovanni. Awesome. Give it a go. The first one going towards the green dress zombie in front of Mames is a 17 to hit. Okay. And four damage to her. And then the second one is a 13 to hit. Okay. That one hits as well. And so it takes six points of damage. Boom, boom. Awesome. Next up is the second zombie that you just hit, the one that's in front of Giovanni. He's going to try and scratch at Giovanni again. He rolled a 12. Does not penetrate my AC of 19. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, Giovanni, you're next. I'm going to try to put down that guy that's in front of me. What's my longsword? One hand. I rolled a 21 for seven damage. That definitely hits him. He takes seven points of damage. And then I'm going to roll a strength check for the pauldrons. All right, give it a go. 17. That also hits. He'll take seven plus five cold damage. So that actually brings him down to zero hit points. Nice. Next up is Constable Joel. Joel seems to rally himself a bit. He's out in the hallway behind you guys, but he pushes through and he's like, what the f*** is going on here? And with that, he pulls out a crossbow and he shoots at the zombie that's right in front of Mames. He rolls a nine. Tight shot, Joel. Actually, a nine does hit it, and he does nine piercing damage on that zombie. Ooh, does that put it down? Sort of. Oh. Do we do more damage if we specifically say we're aiming for their head? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so, like, if you want to get critical spots, you have to roll a critical attack. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I, f I feel like these are magic zombies, not uh, biological ones. So I feel like they're just, they, they move without a head. Uh... Next up is the zombie in the green dress standing in front of Mames, the one that was just shot by Joel. She crumples to the ground, and then she tries to get back up again. She rolls a six on a constitution saving throw. She is not able to pull herself back up. Instead, her body seems to kind of succumb to the last blow, nice. and she crumples back down to the ground, not moving. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. Curb stomper, just for good measure. Can I just uh, aside speak to Joel in character in game? That's a free action share. Excellent. Great shot, Joel. Good to have you back in the fight. What the f*** is going on? Just keep shooting at him. Uh, next up is the zombie that's in the moonbeam. It's going to try and move out of the moonbeam. What is that? Another constitution saving throw? It rolls an 18 and steps out of the moonbeam. Rats. Uh, but it does take half damage. So Val, roll damage and it takes half. Uh, so I roll a 10 and so that's a 5. Okay, awesome. So it takes 5 points of radiant damage, which because it is radiant damage, it takes a full 10 points. The charred body of a zombie jumps out of the moonbeam towards Mames. It is covered in ghostly vapors as it jumps forward and attacks her. Are we talking like an Anakin Skywalker kind of toasted? Or... <laughs> oh, ghostly fire and Mustafar fire are the same. It's a bet on that scale. So it rolled an eight to attack Mames, which is not enough to pierce her AC, so she does not take any damage. Next up is the were-rat that's behind it. He needs to roll a constitution saving throw as well. He takes the full damage because he only rolled a five, so he does not beat your saving throw. Uh, so that's a 19. <laughs> Which would be like uh, 38, I guess, radiant damage. Okay. Good lord. The charred body of a were-rat falls forward onto the ground just outside of the moonbeam. Would it be safe to say, like, atomized? Like, like a shadow on the wall kind of thing? Like... No, it is, it is like, all that's left are kind of bones and some very <laughs> brief skin material. Moonbeam. Ridiculous. And it crumples to the ground dead. Great. Great, great, great. Moonbeam to the rescue again! Alright, next up is the zombie that Giovanni just put down in front of him. It's going to make a constitution saving throw. And it also crumples to the ground dead. Well... <laughs> We're back at the top of the turn order, and as the new turn begins, another were-rat enters the moonbeam, and so does another zombie woman enter the moonbeam. So that's great. We're doing this like 300 style. I love it. Yeah, uh, you guys certainly could hold down an army at, on a tiny ledge. In the tunnels of the phylactery, the numbers counted for nothing. As they entered the moonbeam, they were incinerated by this radiant fire. Beautiful. I hate how right you are. So it's now the top of the turn order. Mames turns and swings at the zombie that is kind of covered in this ethereal vapor and swings at it two-handed. It's dead. Oh, wait it's a so dead. Whoa. Yeah. How much damage? So that's 18 times 2? It's just 18. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, man. All right, so Mames rolls a critical 20, and she does 12 points plus 6 points of damage to it, and the body of the zombie gets hit by the sword, and the sword just kind of pummels it to the right, and it falls against the wall and just splits in half and falls dead. I, for one, am pretty happy we brought her along. Yeah. She's uh, pretty useful yeah. so far. That's a great uh, idea. Not only for breaking down doors. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'll have to kill her or something. If Mames dies in a foul way, then uh, that might be when I become a corrupt paladin <laughs> yeah. or whatever that's called. The Oathbreaker. The Oathbreaker. <laughs> the Oathbreaker, yeah. The Oathbreaker. Okay, uh, next up is Val. What do you got, Val? Um, actually... What do you want to do? Nothing. I think... <laughs> I think I would just like to just center the... Well, they're already in the moonbeam. I'm just going to keep up the moonbeam. Awesome. Do you want to just sit down maybe at the desk and just have a little break? Actually, I would. Actually, if I could please just move, like, just, like, cool as <laughs> Like, walk across the room kind of behind Mordecai and just, like, sit in... If there's a chair... I, don't, I, can't, I can't see if there's a chair there or not. I just got to kick my feet on the desk. This is beautiful. Okay, awesome. I'm glad you're having a fun time. 
Uh, Val does nothing with his turn. <laughs> he kicks his feet up on the desk and hangs nice. back. Uh, Mordecai, it's your turn. Mordecai, do you want to sit on Val's lap? What do you want to do? Nah, nah. I'm good. I'm going to walk a little bit further into the room, face the doorway, and throw in some more fire to the mix. Uh, another cantrip firebolt at, um, let's say, the rat. Okay. Uh, roll, roll fireball, but roll with disadvantage. Firebolt with disadvantage coming up. Uh, okay. So <laughs> it would have been a 24, but uh, with disadvantage, it's 12. Uh, okay, so you still managed to hit that zombie were-rat anyways, and you do seven points of damage to it. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Next up is the zombie that is in the moonbeam. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so this zombie is going to roll a constitution saving throw. 14. Okay, so uh, let me just hit that, uh, that dice again. So that's half damage then? Uh, yes, it will be, so that would be... Eight. Okay, so that zombie takes eight points of damage, and it throws itself at Mordecai. Look out! And it tries to scratch at you. Okay. It rolled a 21. That hits. You take three slashing damage. All right, no worries. Next up is the zombie were-rat. It's going to do the same thing in terms of that it's, it's got to do a constitution saving throw. It rolled a 16, which, again, beats your uh, your thing, Val, but it takes half damage. So what do you got for it? Uh, so that winds up being a 7, halved to 3.5, doubled to 7. All right, so it pushes through, looking very unhappy, and throws itself also at Mordecai. <laughs> Bad choice, walking in the middle of the room. Wow. <laughs> looking all cool. Yeah, I bet you're regretting that now. It rolls a 14. That also hits. All right, you take 5 slashing damage. Okay, down to 12. All right, next up is Giovanni. I will use a, my bonus action to compel, or sorry, it's called Champion Challenge. As a bonus action, you issue a challenge that compels other creatures to do battle with you. Each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, a creature can't willingly move more than 30 feet away from you. This effect ends on the creature if you are incapacitated or die or if the creature is more than 30 feet away from you. So I want to compel all the creatures in this room to do battle with me. You compel all the creatures? You can compel... It says other creatures. Each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. Ah, Gio, for the glory. What does it have to roll? The creatures have to make a wisdom saving throw. I mean, you'd be surprised, but uh, zombies don't have great wisdom. Yes, I know. And for my action action, I'm just going to get a good big old longsword swing on this rat zombie guy. Where rat zombie guy. Okay, the zombie feels compelled to fight you. It rolled a six. The zombie were rat, though, rolled a natural 20. And so it's just doing jib dandy. So the were rat doesn't have to, but I attack him with a longsword. Connects with 24 for nine slashing. Yeah, that definitely connects. And let's see if I get the pauldrons. I rolled a critical, I rolled a 20, and let's see how much damage we get out of those. Six, so nine slashing, six cold. Uh, nine, nine slashing, 12 cold. Because it was a crit. Jesus Christ, oh, f We are melting these guys. I'm going to have to start making more difficult fight scenarios for you guys. Part of me wishes we just took on Bolster. I feel like we could have slapped him. <laughs> All right, this were rat just disintegrates. You slash at it and it crumples to the ground and it seems to you like it's dead after the slashing, but then you just throw yourself at the corpse, pauldron first, 
and it just bursts into cold flames and disintegrates into the ground. Ooh, I love the idea. Then, I love and the then, vid- And then you start teabagging it just to no, make sure. No, I don't. I'm an honorable man. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah no, teabagging. teabagging. It's like the WWE. He, like, he does an oh, arm bar God. off the desk. All right, awesome. Constable Joel, it's his turn now. This is great. Joel walks into the room and kind of goes to the right of Mames and tries to move around over the corpse of the zombie where rat and all the other many corpses that are here in the ground now and he's going to take a swing at the zombie that's there he rolled a seven to hit that zombie and it does not hit it's not too fired up if you were to roll insight checks you might be able to see how joel's doing i'm not gonna waste my time with joel <laughs> yeah all right next up it's mames's turn mames is going to two-handed strike this zombie that is the last one left that you can tell so she takes a step forward and swings she rolls a 16 and does four points of slashing damage. The zombie is still standing. Next up is Val. Val, you're sitting there at the desk, feet kicked up, feeling good. What do you do? I just like to move that uh, moonbeam over the last zombie I can. I know everyone's kind of close, just in a way that hopefully I don't engulf. You could burn all of us. I don't want to engul- engulf everyone else, so. Just to hold still, man. There's like, there's four people in this room that can deal with it. I would say keep the moonbeam up and we can use that as like, a barricade in front of us as we move forwards. Okay, that's, that's what I was thinking we're doing. Okay, then, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to, yeah, I'll keep the spell going. I'm just going to sit there. I, I will, well, yeah, no, I will, no, I'm just, yeah, that, sitting there, being cool, moonbeam, engaged. Pop, pop a shroom, you know, whatever. Oh, God, I'm going to have to have a god come down and kill you guys. We're going up against this lich, aren't we? All right, so Val just skips his turn because he's feeling so good. Mordecai, it's your turn now. There's a zombie in front of you. You're surrounded by paladins. What do you do? I want to bonk it in the eyeball with my crowbar. I'm just going to grab the rounded part in one hand and like jut forward into its face like on the wall. Always with the crowbar. All right, hit it with the crowbar. Come on, crowbar. 18 to hit. Two damage straight to the eyeball. All right, so you rolled an 18. You do two points of damage to the zombie. We got to get you like a dagger or something, man. Anything, man. God damn, this like World War One stuff has got to stop. <laughs> what if we just enchant my crowbar? Buy the object. It seems really expensive. I think it'd be better to get you a hatchet or something. I feel like I should have shown this to Santa Claus and gotten a candy cane crowbar. That would have been sweet. Anything. Oh my god. Tobaro would be more effective at this point. <laughs> okay, next up is the zombie that you just struck. She is going to attack you, Mordecai. Okay. Coming in with a scratch. She rolls a 14. Yeah, she hits. You take four points of slashing damage. Down to eight. All right, Giovanni, it's your turn. Well, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, Let me strike at this last zombie and hopefully vanquish it. Oh, I only rolled a nine that time to hit. A nine actually does hit. Incredible for 12 slashing damage. Let me roll it. So no paladin damage that time, just 12, uh, 12 slashing. You slash at it with your sword. It takes 12 points of slashing damage, which crumples it to the ground. But regardless of that, you try to hit it with your pauldrons and you're just not able to make a connection there. But the zombie crumples to the ground and it just decomposes right into Man, the earth. I am like Mount Kilimanjaro right now. <laughs> like how many how many kills was that in Halo to get to Kilimanjaro? Uh fifty? Don't quote me. Okay, not not that many kills. Anyway. Alright. There are no other zombies that are moving into this room. How weird. It's a little strange. Well, are we still in combat then? Combat is ended. 
Okay, thank God. We get that moon lemon out of here. But, uh, before I do, am I able to, like, push it down the hall at all? Just to do a little sweep? <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, how long does that last for? One minute. Okay. Even just as it fades out down down the hall. But, I, I mean, I, I was I was also concentrating pretty hard. Like, I, I spent my last time sitting, too, so. It fades out. <laughs> I'm going to write it like a keyboard moonbeam theme. That'd be sweet. Yeah, it would be sweet. Every time I use it and just melt, like, all of Josh's foes. Moonbeam, come oh. together in my dreams. See, I was going to say it sounded like a James Bond theme song. Moonbeam. Moonbeam. No, it's, it's, it's like all that like, like, oh yeah. Moon Beamer. Totally. You finish up all the zombies that are in this room and the zombies that came into this room. There are corpses everywhere other than the ones that have turned to ash. And you can now see into the next room as the moonbeam is pushed inwards, I suppose, as Valve continues to move it forward. So sweet. Yeah, uh, very sweet. Am I getting any hit markers? <laughs> yeah, no, you're not getting any hit markers. You don't feel like you're killing things as you push it forward. <laughs> but it opens up into another room that looks identical to the other room that you were in. It, it's almost a celestial kind of mirror of the cinema silhouette building. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Mordecai wants to chug his health potion real quick. Yeah, you do that. Oh, wait, let me use it. Don't don't waste that. Let me see if I can heal you back here. Don't waste the health potion. That shit's expensive. Okay. I'm down to 8 of 20. Let me uh, try to cure wounds on you. 1d8 plus my spell casting ability modifier. Cool. So 2 health, uh, and I cast it at level 1, so I think that's a plus 1. Okay. And then, yeah, I'll take my health potion anyways, just to be safe. 2d4 plus 4 for another 9. Okay, perfect. Right back up to full. Nice. Perfect. Awesome. So Mordecai, after a little bit of a uh, breather... He uh, manages to heal himself right back up. Uh, which way should we go? Back to the foreboarding door area or where we found that eyeball? I kind of feel like this place is inverted. Like maybe we go to the other place and we find a guy who's missing an eyeball. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. A- and the keys, to say, to say nothing of that. And perhaps the lockbox. Yeah, we'll just find a bunch of locks. Yeah. Do yeah. Do Joel or uh, Mames have any questions about what's going on? Or are they just uh, kind of rolling with the punches? Uh, Joel does not seem happy right now. Can you guys roll insight checks? 15 for Giovanni. 5 for Mordecai. Not paying attention to Joel's problems. Joel and Mames. <laughs> I rolled a 13. All right. Mordecai, you missed this. You, you almost purposefully missed this. But Giovanni and Val, you guys take a look at Mames and Joel. You're looking at Mames and you feel like she is in her element. This is what she was born to do. She is excited, standing stoically, feeling really amped about killing those zombies. She doesn't have any questions. She's looking for more zombies to kill. You look over at Joel, though. Joel looks like he's having a rough day. He's not feeling very good. Not feeling very good at all. I don't think any of you are really medically trained, but as best you can tell, he seems to be in shock. His hands are kind of shaking. He's just kind of staring without focusing on anything. And he's holding his sword just kind of loosely at his side, leaning against the wall. Can I roll a charisma to try to, like, inspire him to, like... Get over his shock? Kind of, kind of rally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, just just to, like, give him a get temporarily, like, walk him through this. Uh, Sure. What do you want to... Yeah, make a charisma check. John, man, you need to take a point of cleric. I think they have a spell called Inspiring Leader or Inspiring Speech <laughs> or something. 
Maybe on the next uh, level up, I'll get something like that. I rolled a 19, so can I take Joel and just be like, listen, Joel, this is why no one believed us at the garrison, but you you came with us. I, I know we tricked you. It wasn't the right thing to do, but now you see. Now you know what we're up against. And you did great back there, Joel. We, were, we would all be dead without that wicked crossbow shot. That was excellent. So please, Joel, to keep it together, just for us, for your boys. Geo, 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 there's, there's zombie. They're, they're dead, but they're not dead. Oh, they're dead. They're super dead now. So we don't need to worry about them no more. <laughs> and you know what we'll do if we find any more, Joel? What are we gonna do? We'll put them right back to the ground where they belong. Huzzah! Okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Does anyone have any booze on them? We give them a little. <laughs> Something to help him out here. Uh, I don't know about booze, but I'm pretty sure that Val has some mushrooms. I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's the thing to do. No, right that's now, not gonna but, help him that much. Uh, I don't think. Just give him a good slap. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm just gonna give him a good slap on the back and say, "Ah, you're brave, brave Joel. Always ready for a good scrap." Uh, let's continue on, shall we? Uh, okay, I'm I'm behind you guys. Respect for Joel. I think Joel has a little more respect for us, I think, now. I mean, if you already didn't think we were pretty cool, I think he thinks we're really cool now. Your insight check was not strong enough to detect if he has more respect for you. Oh, uh, do I get any of that with my 19? <laughs> That's your charisma check. Oh, sorry. Uh, your insight was only 15. You two are uncertain how Joel feels <laughs> about you guys. To be fair, Joel may not even understand how he feels about you guys. That, that, that might be fair at this point. All right, which way do we want to move? I want to move towards the projector room and the cells. What if it's like a scary ghost movie projecting right now and it's like all spooky and scary? All right, give me five minutes. I'm going to do that now. That sounds great. <laughs> I thought paladins weren't supposed to be scared or nothing. I'm not sc- oh, this is me talking as John. This isn't Giovanni. Giovanni's ready to go. He's all pumped. All right, well, let's go. You know Val wants to watch that projector. Oh, you'll you'll watch this projector. It's probably just grinding. It's just a meat grinder grinding corpses. It's just, it's, it's, something, it's just, so, something, something sinister. Terrible it's saw just, trap. Sinister. It's just for ghoul. There's <laughs> <laughs> a cannibal corpse album cover in there. All right, so you guys go towards what would be the projector room and the material world. There is a door that's blocking it. There's water on the floor. Strange the water check. is actually, it's purple. It's not uh, blue. Should we dump some senior clean I'm in I'm going to strength check this, do- this door. I'm just going to smash the door. 16 to smash the door. Okay, whatever. The door's open. It doesn't matter. Smash okay. it. <laughs> the door's not locked. It opens. Smash it. All right, fine. The door smashes. It breaks off into ethereal shards and then fades away into the ether. Oh, I love that imagery. Nice. Ethereal shards. That's so cool. So happy I smashed that. <laughs> ah, there's there's nothing in here. Oh, there's no projector. Yeah, but what about the office? So the five of you all entered what would be the projector room, and there's nothing in there. There's still this weird purplish water that's on the ground. But other than that, there's no chairs, there's no projector, there's no tarp, there's nothing. Oh, um, could I touch the weird purplish water i want to see if it's actually lamp oil sure you touch it roll an investigation check okay 12 uh as best you can tell it's still water Mm. okay cool got worried there for a second i love casting fire spells so (laughs) (laughs) uh let's press on to to the to the other uh to the office there guys yep okay into where the office would be there's another door that's blocking away smasher (sighs) do i uh do you you guys want to just do the old I want to give it a karate kick. Oh, I only rolled an 11 that time. Why don't you give it a try, though? 
the door opens. It does. It's not locked. <laughs> you smash it. It breaks into ethereal shards. Oh wow! Ah, oh. oh. oh, look. And you step into what would be the office, and there is no desk. There is no bed. There is no, well, I guess there certainly would be no eyeball, and there is no grate leading into the sewers. There's still the cells in their weird ethereal kind of material, but there's nothing else in this room. Let us not linger. Back the other way. Let's go back. Yeah, towards where the locked door would be. Okay, so the five of you turn back around and you head back to the central room where you came from that breaks into what would be the steel door and what would be the uh, cinema, and you make your way towards the steel door. Yes. Okay, again, you can see a ethereal steel door at the end of this room. However, rather than being steel, it's black. And rather than having red infernal writing on it is white celestial writing. Oh, I read it. Wow, it's almost as if we are destined to come together. (laughs) Okay, the celestial writing on the door says, push to open. (laughs) I push it to open it. Okay, the door's open. Awesome. Okay. Brandon, I'm a little upset that you didn't try to read that in Celestial. You guys wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to hear it. It's a whole different frequency and it just sounds like, you know, a choir of cherubs cooing. <laughs> That's exactly what I imagined it. I was hoping yeah, you'd go too. for it. Me too. <laughs> there we go. That's all I wanted. Okay. So the five of you enter this room and again, there is a staircase that leads down and there are doors at the end of it. Can I look under the desk really quick to see if that magical robe has somehow imprinted upon the universe so much so that it has transgressed this realm? Ooh, good call. Uh, okay, so you look underneath the desk, roll a uh, investigation check. That is a nat 20. Wow. Okay, god damn you guys and your good words. <laughs> All right, so you do not see a cloak in this world. You don't see a cloak underneath that desk whatsoever. It is void of cloak. However, what you can see is like a brief imprint in the cobblestone flooring where you would expect a cloak to be, kind of like it's pushing into it. Hmm. Can I try to interact it or move it off? Or You can do whatever you want. Can I try to like just poke at this with my sword? Sure. You poke at it with your sword. Your sword kind of pushes into the divot where a cloak would be, but nothing happens other than that. Okay. Uh, Mordecai, I think your cloak is safe in the other realm <laughs> for now. <laughs> I hope so. There might be a hole in it now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's push forwards. All right, down the stairs then. Everyone wants to. On the doors is more celestial writing. Let's try reading it again. Okay, it says, boss fight ahead. Boss fight ahead. Boss fight ahead. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. The next part will be coming out every Wednesday mid-morning. If you're interested in hearing more about us, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, or Patreon as Late and Legends. Additionally, a special thanks to our patrons this month, Paula, Ethan, Kate, Al, and Dan. Seeing so many people sign up really kind of makes the experience of making this podcast really fun, and it's awesome to know that people enjoy it. If you're like Paula, Ethan, Kate, Al, and Dan, and want to support our show, be sure to check out our Patreon page. We'd love to have your help. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you have a good day. We'll see you next week. Week.